Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. May the words of my lips and the meditations of all our hearts always be acceptable to you, O Lord. Amen. So what do we ask of Jesus? And what does Jesus ask of us? Our gospel from Mark begins with James and John, the son of, sons of Zebedee, coming forward to Jesus and saying to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. It's kind of hard to get past that opening gambit. As a parent or grandparent or aunt and uncle, as a teacher, we've heard similar words before. I want to ask you to do something, to agree to something, but you have to say yes before I tell you what it is. Anybody else had that experience? I was trying to think of a recent experience of my own, and I couldn't find one that exactly like that, but one where I said yes to something that I had no idea what I was saying yes to. My 10-year-old granddaughter, Elia, was visiting with me this summer. And she didn't ask the question in those terms. Before I tell you what I'm asking, she didn't say that. She just asked the question, can we do that? We were at the Cincinnati Zoo. We were off to see penguins and kangaroos. And she pointed back behind her and she said, can we do that? And I didn't hesitate to say yes. I mean, we were at the Cincinnati Zoo. You know, what might we not do there? So after kangaroos and penguins, there we are at the zoo's Kanga Climb Aerial Adventure Course. <laughs> Maybe some of you have been on it. I didn't know it existed. And let me be clear, this is a really great new feature at the zoo. It's wonderful for the fit and strong and agile and brave, but I quickly discovered I was none of those. Upon entering the gate, I find myself signing multiple insurance and responsibility waivers. And we are being outfitted with helmets and harnesses and instructed on how to do the releases on zip lines and the navigation of various obstacles and challenges. My granddaughter, who is fearless and an experienced climber, couldn't go without me because she was too short and she was too young. I had said yes without any knowledge of what I was saying yes to. And I can't tell you the moments of sheer terror I experienced in the hour in that space. The very helpful zoo staff assured me that I was not the only grandparent that morning that had found themselves in similar situation. So there were no more uninformed yeses during her visit. It helps a lot to know what we are being asked to do. So we might find ourselves in such a scenario as James and John are setting up with Jesus, but likely not too often, we learn. Because the very framing of the statement, 
to agree to whatever is asked before knowing what is asked, is a sure sign that it may not be something we would readily agree to. And in all honesty, we may not just be in the receiving end of that. We may have done that to some other folks along the way, either in our youth or our adulthood or even yesterday. We may pose that same question to people because we are very human and we can be pretty wily at times. And Jesus is clearly wise to this. He responds with neither a yes or a no, but simply asks James and John the question, what is it you want me to do for you? James and John respond immediately. Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. What are these two disciples thinking? In the verses just preceding our gospel reading for today, Jesus has again told the disciples that they are going to Jerusalem. And he is telling them what awaits him there. He is telling them that he will be condemned to death, that he will be handed over, that he will be mocked and spit upon, and he will be killed. And in three days, he will rise. He has told them all of this three times. And yet they ask this question. And in our recent lessons on Sundays, we have been hearing Jesus' teaching on what it is to be a follower. This is not a path of position or wealth or power, but a path that embraces the most vulnerable among us, the children, the poor, a path of service and humility, a path of servanthood to God and one another, and especially those most in need. So what are James and John thinking? Is their thinking so rooted in what they want to hear to their long-held image of what a Messiah is that they simply are not able to take in what Jesus keeps telling them? We all have our filters. I certainly have mine. We may all be prone to hear what we want to hear and disavow the rest. Are James and John so focused on themselves and their personal visions of greatness that they have lost sight of what the ministry Jesus has called them to is all about? Have they put their own egos over their call to teach the coming of God's kingdom and the need to repent, to cast out demons and heal the sick? Have they lost sight of their ministry? James and John have witnessed so many miracles of Jesus. Jesus healing the incurable, the feeding of thousands, Jesus walking on water. James and John were present with Peter at the Transfiguration and witnessed Jesus in dazzling white with Elijah and Moses and heard the voice from the cloud, this is my son, the beloved, listen to him. James and John have had front row seats and all that has come before. So maybe we can understand how they might want to solidify their position. How easy it is in our humanity to want to share in the glory, the recognition, to be identified with the one we most admire. 
It's easy for us to kind of stand back and be critical or even laugh at James and John. But mightn't we be right there with them too? Wanting to be the most important followers, the most valued followers. Wanting recognition, respect, maybe even privilege. Jesus' response to James and John is very direct. You do not know what you are asking. And he goes on and questions them. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? When they reply, we are able, Jesus says to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. Even in this section, we might still wonder, do James and John know what they are asking for? Do they know to what they have just agreed? Only Mark's gospel tells the story of James and John. In Matthew, the story is changed up a bit, and it's not James and John asking for themselves to be at Jesus' right and left. In the Gospel of Matthew, it's their mother asking, (laughs) their mother asking, and that might give us pause and lend us down a whole other pathway. In Luke, we're only told of a dispute among the disciples as to who was regarded as the greatest. So we don't know which accounting is more accurate. But regardless, the story invites us to look at this very human dynamic and to look at ourselves and our relationship with Jesus. What do we ask of Jesus? What does Jesus ask of us? In Mark, our gospel goes on to tell of the anger of the other disciples hearing of this. They are not happy with this move on the part of James and John. Perhaps they were also wanting to claim those seats at Jesus' right and Jesus' left. Or perhaps they have a different understanding of Jesus' teaching. And Jesus calls them and attempts to get them all to understand. Whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus could not be clearer in his teachings. We are called to love and to serve. This fall, we have been focusing on the sent section of our vision statement, sent into the world, rooted and grounded in love, to serve all people with humility, compassion, and faithfulness. In the banquet service, we have incorporated this message of servanthood into the liturgy even more prominently. We say together the song of Mary. Our prayers, as the prayers we will say today, reflect our vision statement our call to serve. And at the end of the banquet statement, we say the prayer of St. Francis, Lord, make us instruments of your peace.
Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. A prayer of servanthood. We have been through much together this past year, past year and a half. We have been challenged and continue to be challenged in many ways. And yet here we are together, seeking always to follow Jesus, seeking to walk together in love. So what do we ask of Jesus this day? What does Jesus ask of us? Amen.